Okay, and we are back. Get into it. Black Lives Matter, YYC president charged with hate crime. Yep. What else does know? Second. that had to refresh it okay black lives matter yyc Black Lives Matter leader in Canadian city charged with anti-Catholic hate crime. Laura Nafor, the president of a Black Lives Matter chapter in Calgary, alleged impeded access to a Catholic school. The leader of the Black Lives Matter movement in the Canadian city of Calgary has been charged with a hate crime after she allegedly impeded access to a Catholic school for reasons of bias, prejudice, or hate based on race or ethnic origin, according to the recent reports. Initially reported by the Calgary Herald, Adora Norfor was charged with mischief on June 2nd in relation to an incident that occurred on May 26, according to court documents obtained by the outlet. The charges came after Norfor was willfully obstructing and interfering with the use of, of a property primarily used for religious worship and educational purposes, the document stated. Norfor's alleged reasoning behind the interference with people's use of St. Thomas Aquinas School in Calgary, the documents noted was for reasons of bias, prejudice, or hate based on race or ethnic origin. Appearing before Justice of the Peace earlier this month in a via video connection, all four, a 47-year-old abortion activist who serves as president of the Black Lives Matter YYC was granted release 
non-cash bail under the condition that she not make contact with staff and faculty members from St. Thomas Aquinas. I never understood the Black Lives Matter thing when it comes to wanting to be for uh, for abortion because you're deleting black babies and saying you're for Black Lives Matter. Shouldn't Black Lives Matter within the womb? I'm, I'm sorry, but that just makes perfect sense that if you want to start with Black Lives Matter, you need to start with not just um, blacks being unjustly murdered by crooked police officers, but also start with the murder, the genocide within the room. Okay. And that should be paramount. It really should be. But we can see that Black Lives Matter is nothing more than an organization set up by Marxists. Nalfour is prohibited from going within 100 meters of the school, the Calgary Herald reporter. Nalfour's attorney, Chad Haggery, did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment on the hate crime charges. In a separate incident, Black Lives Matter activist Taylor McNally faces charges of misconduct and will learn her fate in court on charges of allegedly assaulting an off-duty sheriff outside the Calgary Court Century in April of 2021. Also represented by Haggerty, McNeely is accused of assaulting Eleanor Cunningham with a megaphone during a protest against the assault of a black woman by a Calgary police officer. McNeely attested her innocence by claiming that she had only been attempting to recover a cell phone after Cunningham had taken it from her while she was attempting to film the officer. Also faces charge of allegedly pouring water on a photographer and damaging his glasses a week earlier. Justice Peter Bailey is slated to hand down a verdict with um, in McNeely's case on Thursday, and Nora's case returns to court on Friday. Say before that this group is led by black women, and that should. You know, black women who are just about terrorizing and monopolizing on the deaths of black men unjustly killed by police, black men and women. And they're taking your money and using it to buy mansions, using it for their kids' birthday parties. That should be upsetting. And these are black women who are claiming to be for Black Lives Matter when the organization is completely the opposite, which is for the Rainbow Mafia and against the traditional family, especially the traditional Black family. Okay. And that should be a wake-up call to basically ignore Black Lives Matter. And if there is an organization that wants to be for Black Lives Matter, they had better be for it. Lawsuits and be threatened with lawsuits if they try to do the same things as Patrice Cullors organization has tried to do. That should be paramount and have them sign contracts that if they step out of line, try to monopolize on the deaths of Black people, they will be sued.
that should be the call to action to solve this problem. So blacks do not look like a joke and their suffering isn't nothing more than a cash grab. That's what I have to say about that. Let's talk about Juneteenth now. What's happening with Juneteenth? Fair use. It happened overnight in southwest suburban Willowbrook. It started as a Juneteenth celebration and ended in gunfire. WGN's Brona Tumulty is live at the scene with the latest. Brona. Good evening, guys. Yeah, the number of victims here has been revised up to 22. That's coming from the local sheriff's department here. We know at least one person has lost their lives. We're told that in the parking lot right behind me across the street, people often gather during holiday celebrations. We're told they started gathering here around 6 o'clock yesterday evening, and about six hours later, things came to an abrupt end. Seems like always the Juneteenth celebration and always like sometimes around the 4th of July weekend, depending because there's a lot of they shoot off a lot of fireworks, they party. Rick Wagner lives near Honeysuckle Rose Lane and Route 83 in Willowbrook, a popular spot, he says, for holiday gatherings. I would estimate there was probably 150 cars or so it, it, all the way from one end of the parking lot to the next and probably three to four hundred people. That large group was celebrating Juneteenth last night, but around 12.30 the celebrations turned to chaos as gunfire pierced the air. And out of nowhere, there was like a, a major gunfight for like 30 seconds, I'd say 60, 60 plus, you know, rounds. A scrambling for safety ensued. We just started hard to shoot cover before we had us, so we dropped down. As bullets whizzed through the care park. We were all just out and next thing you know, Shots just got the going off. Other neighbors relaxing at homes nearby, hearing the commotion, running to see what was happening. We went down the street to see what was going on, and um, uh, we just saw you know a bunch of people running. Police arrived quickly, having already been in the area. There was just like hundreds of cop cars. Some were told even applying tourniquets on scene while shutting the streets down. They had everything closed. No one could get through. There was just tons of ambulances. It was crazy. It was very hectic. And as the ambulances arrived, they left just as quickly, taking gunshot victim after victim with them. In total, at least 22 people were struck and at least one has since died, while many others were hurt in the melee. Take care of the families that are probably grieving right now. That's all we can do. Now, police were here so quickly because we're told they had been on site already, already monitoring the size of the crowd. They were called away to another 911 call moments before the gunshots rang out and then returned here once they heard those shots fired. Now, we don't know how many shooters there were. We're still waiting to get that information from police. Seemingly, there was more than one. As you can see behind me, the whole area is still cordoned off and we are hoping for an update from police later this evening. Live in Willowbrook, Brona Tumulty, WGN News. And Brona Congressman Sean Caston releasing a statement saying, quote, I'm heartbroken to see the news from Willowbrook this morning. We live in a tragic reality where you cannot go to school, 
go to the grocery store, go to your place of worship, or celebrate holidays like the 4th of July or Juneteenth without fear of being shot. He goes on to say change is needed. We cannot allow this to be the status quo. I'm thankful for the first responders who attended to the victims last night and will continue to work with local authorities to stay updated on the situation. Stay with WGN. Sad. It's sad. This is how it's gone down. This situation. Chaos, pure chaos. 23 shot at Willbrook Juneteenth party. One person was killed in the shooting at a holiday gathering in a parking lot in an unincorporated area outside the southwest suburb. Officials said no one's in custody. Juneteenth weekend gathering at Willowbrook Strip Mall parking lot was becoming a yearly tradition among residents of the Hensdale Lake Terrence Apartments. Barbecue chicken, card table, plastic cups for drinking, even DuPage County Sheriff's deputy stopped by the festivals as the party moved into the early hours of Sunday morning. But the gathering turned violent as gunfire broke out in the crowd of several hundred people killing one person and wounding 22 others, according to the Sheriff's Office. A matter of seconds, shots flew across the parking lot near Route 83 and Honeysuckle Rose Lane, chaotic chaos pure chaos said naida reed 43 who was in the crowd but was unhurt sheriff deputies in the area heard the gunfire just before 2 12 30 a.m and responded the sheriff's office said the wounds range from grazes to serious injuries joe ostrander battalion chief of the tri-state fire protection district told reporters earlier in the day he said two people were critical addiction condition some of the victims were taken to hospitals in DuPage, Will, and Cook counties, authorities said. Several got to hospitals on their own. It was unclear what prompted the shooting or how many people were being sought. No one was in custody. Authorities did not disclose the age or conditions of the victims. Before the shooting, there were two separate fights between teenage girls. Reed said sheriff's deputies had intervened as well. Witnesses told the Sun-Times, but Reed and other witnesses believed the shooting was unrelated to previous fights. Several witnesses told the Sun-Times the gunfire came from far south side of the lot, away from where people were gathering from the BCD Liquors and Five Star Pantry. Reed said she heard at least 100 shots in 10 to 15 seconds. Residents of the nearby apartment complex had held similar Juneteenth parties in the same lot over the last two years. Reed said it had always been peaceful, she said. This year, Crowd, the crowd side had become excessive, Reed said, estimating that there were between 200 and 300 people. Since the Juneteenth has come about, we've been celebrating, and usually the sheriff's out, out here with us. It was very controlled and it's peaceful, Reed said. I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened last night. I just, it just went left. Well, probably never do another one she said later sunday morning residents of the apartments looked over police tapes as investigators placed dozens of evidence markers throughout the parking lot 
strewn with cups and shoes and a turned over trash can. Witnesses said they think the number of people shot is higher than officially reported. Some people with minor wounds have avoided going to the hospital, Reed said. One man Sunday said he was shot in the lower leg and had gone to the hospital but left after waiting several hours to be seen by a doctor. He has not he has asked not to be named. David Barnes, 25, said he ran from the crowd when the showing started. The lot was filled with parking with parked cars. He said he noticed a lot of new people in the celebration, which had typically been attended by full-time residents of the nearby apartments. That's how it had been. Everybody knew each other. That's how it should have been, he said. They had started around 4 p.m. with grilling and said. Governor J.P. Brickford said he was closely monitoring the investigation into the shooting, gathering for a holiday celebration. should be a joyful occasion, not a time where gunfire erupts and families are forced to run for safety. Brickford said in a statement, he said gun violence is a public health emergency and that he had remained committed to banning dangerous weapons. U.S. Representatives Gene Kasson said he was heartbroken by the shooting. We live in a tragic reality where you cannot go to school, go to the grocery store, go to a place of worship, or celebrate holidays like the 4th of July or Juneteenth without fear of being shot. Kasson said in the state, Sunday shooting is among the at least 310 mass shootings in the United States this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive. Almost a year ago, a mass shooting in North Suburban Highland Park killed seven people, wounded nearly 50 others wild man absolutely wild and it's unfortunate it really is i really don't know what to say though i really don't because you have these celebrations but the violence Chicago, you guys stop voting Democrat. That's what I'm saying. Stop voting Democrat. All right. Look at the policies. All right. Do you want your neighborhoods safe? Then vote Republican. Stop voting Democrat. They're not doing anything for you. Okay. Blacks will get mad. A lot of Liberals will get mad. Hell, people will get mad whether you're black, whether they're black or white, to say vote Republican. You want your neighborhoods to be safe. That's all I have to say. Ask you, do you want your neighborhoods to be safe? All right. That should be the question. Yes or no? Because on the Democrats, there's always a shooting gallery. All right, on to the next story. Second, this is about the UK Prime Minister, and 
I don't know what to say. Actually, hold that, hold that. I have another story right here, but I'll probably do that one right after I do the one with the UK Prime Minister. UK Prime Minister says teachers must not allow children to change gender without telling their parents. Hmm. Yeah. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said that teachers must now allow pupils to change their gender without informing their parents. Sunak told teachers that letting boys identify as girls was not a neutral act and could have a significant impact on children. He also said school staff must alert parents if their children say they want to be referred to by different pronouns. Mail Online reports his comments give the strongest identification yet of the likely contents of long-awaited guidance for head teachers and how to handle transformer rights. It was reported last night that the guidance will finally publish this week, banning schools that let from letting pupils socially transition by changing their names, pronouns, or uniforms if the parents do not consent. Children questioning their gender will even be prevented from playing competitive competitive sports. The son the son claimed schools will be forced to tell parents if students are questioning their gender under new government guidance to be published this week, according to a report. At the moment, many schools are making their own decisions, such as whether to introduce gender-neutral toilets or changing rooms. Labor has criticized ministers for delaying issuing the guidance, insisting schools, parents, and pupils are sick and tired of reading conflict conflicting rumors about it in the newspapers. Education Minister Nick Gibb promised earlier th this month it was being drafted to be published soon. A government source told The Sun parents have got to keep in the know about their child while they are at school and be consulted when sensitive matters arise. If their child expresses a desire to transition, for example, it is vitally important that parents are made aware and have a say. It is in everyone's best interest to assure this happens so that children is looked after teachers are clear in how they must handle the situation and parents know so that they can handle it properly and sensitively the guidance will be crystal clear on all fronts the move will likely draw criticism from some opposition of mps and alphabet campaigners labor former minister ben brad has said instructing schools to out pupils to their families would be totally outrageous outrageous huh it's not outrageous to have these kids be put in a position that they may end up self-deleting because we all know uh, transitions, all, you know, they have a high self-deletion rate and um, there's a high de-transition rate. Funny that's not talked about yet. You want to be for the... Uh, the betterment of these students. It's 
insane, man. It really is insane how this is going down. And they don't care about the students. They just care about themselves. That's basically how it's going down. All right. Let's check out what, what, what a couple of students did at a school that tried to push the alphabet mafia mentality on them. See how that went. Fair use. These displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns and students showing pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's... That's offensive to, to me, who I am straight. But even parents like her, opposed to the Pride Month celebration, say the ripping of posters was wrong. I think destructing any property is wrong. I think, you know, that I just think that was wrong. Parents and community groups now calling for the town and school board to act and support diversity, equity and inclusion. The incident sparking discussion at home on both sides. My thing that I teach my kids is just be kind and I wish the schools would just kind of pump the brakes on what they're shoving down these kids throats. The issue of pride in schools is very controversial. I understand that. I think we need to start at a place of commonality. Now, the principal says that no one was forced to participate in the Pride Day event, but now parents on both sides want dialogue. Live in Burlington, Sean Shia. I don't believe that. I definitely don't believe that. Am I right? I don't. I don't believe that at all. Because they're really pushing this agenda hard. They're kicking you out of school sometimes. If you don't want to participate, it's wild like that. It really is. And come to think of it, guess what's up? Guess what's up on the table? Let me let you know. Something that Joe Biden, I'll give you a hint. It's something that Joe Biden wanted to copy from China. All right. What do you think it is? While my article is loading, do you think it is? Ta-da! That's exactly what's going down. New Department of Homeland Security docs reveal plan to assign social credit scores to Americans. That's right. You thought cancel culture was bad? Wait till it meets the real world. 
newly leaked Department of Homeland Security documents reveal a plan to assign social credit scores to all 331 million Americans and severely limit the freedom of non-compliant citizens who are placed on the government blacklist. The newly disclosed documents have revealed that Biden's Department of Homeland Security entered into a contract with the University of Alabama at Birmingham UAB in 2018 to develop a project dubbed Night Fury, designed to analyze and assign risk scores to all social media accounts. The Brennan Center for Justice obtained these documents through a public records request. Project Night Fury aimed at utilizing AI to detect and evaluate social media accounts for connections to so-called disinformation and hate speech. The Department of Homeland Security documents stated the contractor shall develop these attributes to create a methodology for developing a ranking or risk score associated with the identified accounts. Reclaim the net.org reports the Project Night Theory has also planned on incorporating involvement from Customs and Border Protection. Wow. They, they're going in, man. They're going in. Whew. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, Transportation, Security, Administration, TSA, and U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, U.S. CIS, to provide cross-mission operation contests, according to one of the documents. Experts had warned DHS about the inherent difficulties and biases involved in the automated judgment for these matters, citing that characteristics like being pro-terrorist have no concrete definition. Notably, DHS determined <clears throat> terminated Project Night Fury in 2019. However, it underscores the agency's continued interest in the social media as a resource for analysis. This comes in the wake of early reports CBP utilizing an AI-powered tool, BabelX, for analyzing travelers' social media at U.S. borders. While Night Fury's focus was initially on counterterrorism, illegal opiate supply chain, transnational crime, and understanding, characterizing, and identifying the spread of disinformation by foreign entities, the document indicates that the UAP's work was intended to scale to other DH, DHS domains and build next generation capabilities. That is basically what they're doing. I don't know if it was like to be like um, in China. Hey, what's up, um, Marks Twenty Four SOA SOAH? How you doing? Got to get this other part here to um, let people be able to count to talk. And I can't. I don't know what to say about that. Yep. All right, yeah, it's there. Okay, cool. All right. So now we're going to be talking about the uh, gender affirming law now. from bad to worse now, buddy. Bad to worse. Okay. 
Here we are. Fair use, by the way. Now in year 11 in the state legislature, and all the time we're proposing policies to protect children. After 11 years, I've come to a conclusion that we need to start protecting parents. That's just not happening. I've been here witness a, a full frontal assault on charter schools, taking away parents' choice and how their children are going to be educated to the detriment, particularly of children of color. In recent years, we have put government bureaucrats between parents, children, and doctors when it comes to medical care. And now we have this where if a parent does not support the ideology of the government, they're going to be taken away from the home. Now, I agree with both Senator Weiner and Senator Laird that today it only involves divorce proceedings. And frankly, a judge can already factor, factor this in. But I can assure you it's not going to end with divorce proceedings. In the past when we've had these discussions and I've seen parental rights atrophied, I've encouraged people to keep fighting. I've changed my mind on that. If you love your children, you need to flee California. You need to flee. We are moving towards the pathway of the hands made tale. California is becoming the new Juliet. And it just breaks my heart. Born and raised in this state. I love this state. I'm not going to stay in this state because it's just too oppressive. And I believe in freedom. And so I'm going to move to America when I leave the legislature. Wow. There you have it, folks. There you have it. Okay. California is not only an unsafe place to get married, it's now an unsafe place to raise kids. And California, that it has a lot of rich history. I mean, if you're a guy who uh, likes to work out, you like Venice Beach, you like hearing stories about Arnold Schwarzenegger working out there, being a bodybuilder, winning those titles and inspiring you to get fit, you know? But now, it's like... It's basically a hellhole. So the best thing you could do is like exactly what he said, which is to run away. All right. That's all you can do right now. Before they try to tell you what you, how to parent your kids. And if you don't listen to them, they will basically... Um, they'll basically take your kids away from you. That's exactly what's going to happen. And there's nothing you could do about it. It's a terrifying thing when, uh, People could now boldly, you know, try to take away your kids. Okay. Wild. It's extremely 
wild what's going on. About what's going on. But let's look at what uh, Joe Biden has to do with the uh, student loan crisis. How does he plan to fix that? Or not. Here we go. Joe Biden has no serious plan for the student loan crisis. The U.S. president said he provided for debt relief in the bipartisan budget plan, but he didn't. U.S. President Joe Biden on Sunday tweeted providing student loan debt relief to hardworking borrowers is necessary to help them recover from the economic harms of the pandemic. That is why in our bipartisan budget agreement, I fought to keep it in place. It was met with usual usual partisan responses of folks thanking Biden for helping them or alternatively criticizing him for giving handouts to adults who should be more financially responsible. That's pretty typical and about what you'd expect around the student loan debate in U.S., but the problem isn't that it's misleading. The so-called Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023 only includes a small $6 million loan forgiveness program for a subsection of eligible individuals. Meanwhile, payments will resume for the vast majority of borrowers and the $1.78 trillion they owe 60 days after June 30th following a three-year-long emergency freeze because of the COVID-19 pandemic. As the debt collective describes, this was lauded by one of the most predatory lenders, SoFi, to the point that they dropped their lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Education. In effect, Biden gave a win to big financial institutions while forgiving roughly 0.000034% of the country's total student debt. You may be thinking to yourself, as some folks who commented on Biden's tweet, that borrowers should resume their payments since they signed for the loans and ought to pay them the proper adults, discounting the fact that most developing countries have taxpayer-funded higher education, and therefore student debt isn't a major problem. This is detrimental to the U.S. and global economy. You may be thinking that people not paying their debt would be bad for the economy, and that Biden's program that would wipe up to 20,000 in debt for many federal loan borrowers could pose a systematic risk. First of all, the fact that the people haven't been paying their monthly payments for over three years immediately disproves this. But more importantly, this is simplicity thinking that discounts just how fundamentally broken and corrupt the U.S. financial system is. The important part is this. Due to the outrageous cost of living in the U.S. skyrocketing rent prices, and soaring inflation, most borrowers couldn't pay off their student loans anyway. A morning consult poll in November of last year found that 59% of borrowers wouldn't be able to afford their payments when the federal student debt freeze is lifted, meaning they would could default on their loans. And even people like the aforementioned debt collective are organizing to orchestrate a student debt strike. Therefore, it is not an issue of whether people should or shouldn't pay their loans. Many just can't. Wow. Hmm. That's scary, man. Scary stuff right here. All right. It's insane, insane, insane. 
Therefore, it's not an issue of whether people should or shouldn't pay their loans. They just can't. The problem with this for the broader financial market is that the financial market trades as it has for decades, what's called student loan backed securities. These are a kind of security that is collateralized by student loans, meaning investors are essentially gambling on whether people can pay the loans or not. Since most people have student loans backed up by the federal government for giving them, would not create any kind of systematic risk for the financial market in this way. The major problem is with private loans, which is about 3.6 million people have. These particular loans, even though the payments have been frozen, have accrued interest and forbearance. Most people in frozen payments haven't paid them, which means they owe more than they did before the freeze and payments will be more onerous when it ends at the end of August. This creates serious risk with private loans will cut and create a cascading effect in the market through slabs. You can think of this in a way similar to the 2008 financial crisis. During that the time, the securization of home mortgages, mortgage-backed securities played into excessive risk-taking in an already highly deregulated financial market. When the housing market bubble burst and folks defaulted on their mortgages, Wall Street investors were left holding the bag on the mortgage-backed securities and it spiraled from there, wrecking the global economy. To be fair, slabs has fallen from the market in recent years as the freeze has been in effect, but they could become more popular again and more importantly, smart investors will probably short, short them based on the data that clearly indicates many borrowers will default, which is a major problem. Wall Street investors shorting major financial institutions have been instrumental in the, some of the largest banking crashes in U.S. history in recent months, and they were equally important in the fueling the 2008 financial crash too. This, of course, has nothing to do with any personal moral failings by individual investors, but rather a failure of the federal government to foresee the possibility and regulate what kind of securities can be traded. Other countries and blocs like the EU and China surely have risky financial products such as mortgage-backed securities, but they are far more regulated and nowhere near as developed as in the US. The US stands alone in dealing with slabs both because of its lack of universal higher education and its lax in financial environment. One could easily turn to an, be an adult argument often leveled at student loan borrowers back on investments. You took a risk by granting an unpayable loan, so you should live with the consequences. That's a nice gotcha, but it's completely useless in terms of alimating the economic effects of the systematic issue in the financial market, in addition to providing some answers to private loan holders, and it appears the Department of Education has none whatsoever. The Biden administration really needs a solution to the fact that many investors will wisely bet against these private loans that are virtually certain to default. This probably won't happen based on what we can see with the Fed and the administration's whack-a-mole approach to large bank crashes. Their non-existent solutions to a very obvious commercial real estate bubble in an impeding death spiral and Biden being the perennial friend of creditors are so clear. Finally, as far as the federal student loan forgiveness program Biden has put on the table, it is almost certain the Supreme Court will unload every bit of legal revisionism and corporate activist jurisprudence at it, and his track record heavily implies that he would support this. I don't know what to tell you, man. It looks like we're in trouble. 
Okay. That's it. We're in trouble. And, you know, the right can't really say things like, well, you know, you took out the loan, you should pay it off. Because many of them come from rich families. Some of them have taken out loans themselves and still haven't paid it. I remember one, I can't remember the Fox anchor woman who was talking about that. And she and she told on herself, you know, she said that, well, you know, um, you guys should pay off your loans. You know, my mom, she worked such and such jobs. And basically she said her mom worked herself to death and she didn't pay a dime. Okay, she didn't. So, um, like I said, we could try and pay it off as much as they can. Like I said, a lot of things are falling apart. I hope everybody is getting. <laughs> hope people, are, like I said, I hope people are stocking up. It's gonna get ugly, man. It is going to get ugly. Right? Now let's talk about Ukraine again. Don't you like talking about Ukraine? Nice fascist Ukraine. If you print out the truth, they'll visit you at your door and make sure you disappear. You're never heard from again. But how about the fact that an African's foreign exchange student was being chased by Nazis, right? And he went to a Polish police station, asked for help, was kicked out. It's very similar to another story in America where a guy was a black guy, a 25-year-old black guy was being hunted by racist blacks. I'm sorry, not racist blacks, racist whites. And he went to the police station and he was kicked out and you never heard from him again, but his remains were found. I bring that story up because I constantly see black people trying to defend Ukraine. For the life of me, I don't understand how you defend Ukraine. They don't like you. They're Nazis. As I've said before, Zelensky in his New Year's address, you can see if you go on Telegram, um, Ukrainian families at the dinner table doing a Nazi salute. Anyway, Ukraine's propaganda machine is vital for Zelensky. Here's how it works. Kyiv is waging an extensive information war against Russia, and it began long before the military conflict. The Russia-Ukraine conflict isn't just about the, cra- the clash of armed forces on the battlefield, but it's also embarked by unprecedented levels of confrontation in the fields of information, psychology, cognition, and semantics. Kyiv has arguably achieved more success on the information front than on the ground. Excuse me. There, the fighters aren't just journalists and information and psychological warfare specialists, but content makers and PR experts. And influencing the psyche, mindset, and emotions of ordinary people has become a big deal as shaping Western public opinion is vital for the President Vladimir Zelensky's regime. Anyone familiar with the advertising and PR knows that tying a product to a colorful, memorable symbol or slogan will boost its popularity, especially in the era of short attention spans. Pretty much. During wartime, the same strategy works just as well with the news. 
as with advertising election campaigns in the current conflict ukraine has become a very good at creating symbols media outlets instantly take up any symbol popular symbol and make sure of it make use of it in order to influence and miss the mindset of ordinary ukrainians here's a recent example in may despite the very difficult situation for armed forces ukraine in armaments both and statements from several commentators, particularly the former Zelensky advisor, Alexei Arostovich, that the army could soon retreat as it eventually did. Ukrainian society wasn't at all worried and had complete faith in the AFU ability to retain, retain control over the city. In fact, public attitudes towards the battle were largely shaped by the media. For example, at the beginning of the year, the rock band Atelier Antibodies released a video for the song Buckwheat Fortress. A few months later, it became viral. Ukrainians have since posted countless self-made versions of the video on social, on social networks, affirming the myth of the impenetrable fortress of Buckwheat. Little do you know, Buckwheat was taken over by Putin's um, private army called the Wagner Group. Such symbols are created not only during ongoing battles, but also in the aftermath of the AFU's obvious failures. For example, at the end of February, the Armstall salt production enterprise announced that before the start of the active battles in Solodar, which ended in January with the victory of the Russian army, it collected 20 tons of salt from the mines. The salt also packed into 100,000 packages bearing the symbol inscription, Ukrainian rock solid strength. Each package was sold for 500 hinira, or about $13.50, according to the organizers of the fundraiser. Most proceeds were spent on kamikaze drones for the AFU. Symbolic campaigns like these occur regularly in Ukraine and are designed to encourage the population. In November of last year, when Russian troops withdrew from the West Bank of the Kyrgyzian region and the AFU entered the eponymous region capital, a national social media campaign urged users to place images of watermelons. The areas grows them on their profile pictures. Kyrgyzstan has been known for many things in its history, such as shipbuilding in times of the Russian Empire and the USSR. However, for some reason, Ukraine's propaganda decided to associate it solely with watermelons, and the imagery was well received by society. In the state of victorious Europa, Euphoria, people forgot about the regular blackouts and ongoing fighting in the region. Protection dog patron Ukrainian for cartridge became another famous Ukrainian symbol. It helped Chernigov engineers clear the territories of the mines. In addition to media exposure, Patron was even in, granted a meeting with Zelensky. Posters with the picture of the dog explain how, <coughs> sorry, how to act if you detect an explosive object and can still be seen around Kiev and other cities. A toy version of Patron even appeared on the shelves of children's stores, along with miniature models of Soviet-designed mirror aircraft, Turkish Bayraktar drones, and American HIMARS vehicles. Postage stamps issued by Yokostura, Ukraine State Postal Service, have become another tool. While Zelensky claims that Ukraine was not involved in last month's drone attack Kremlin, Ukraine decided to issue a stamp showing this very attack. Yeah, that that's that's smart. That's smart. 
No, it's not. The head of Yokopolska, Igor Shamisky, commented that news stamps are often a forerunner of positive events. What positive events? You guys are dying in droves. Okay? The rich has left the country. Middle class has left the country. Your men can't even get proper supplies because the higher-ups within Ukraine military are stealing them and selling them on the black market to make money for themselves. More than half a year of hostilities accused use of symbols and means to raise or maintain morale, help control the narrative has been streamlined to a surprising extent. Google's ranking of top Ukrainian search queries in 2022 is more proof. For example, in the person category, Ukrainians most often Google Alexei Arostovich has showed interest in the ghost of Eve, a legend of the supposed hero pilot, which the Wall Street Journal admitted was fake military propaganda intended to raise morale. In the purchase of the year category, the postage stamp Russian ship was among the most popular search queries. This was a stamp issued in honor of the soldiers on Snake Island who as the fake story went, responded to abusive language to an offer to an offer from a Russian ship's crew to surrender and fought to death. These border guards were posthumously awarded the Hero of Ukraine decoration, but later it was revealed that all of them had voluntarily surrendered and were alive. <laughs> the triumph of these symbols, which have endured long after being confirmed as fake, in a result of the information bubble to which Ukrainian society and much of the West has found itself in the past year and half since opposition media was blocked. Government-controlled outlets are often the only source of information for Ukrainians. Wow. That is insane, man. That you have these people like China. You have these people pretty much living a lie and if they dare to try to find real information they're probably going to get executed today information and warfare is the core of the core structure of any war it is very important to have influence over society that is involved in combat moreover it is essential to convince the world community of the rightness of our actions in order to receive further support not only authorized persons can take part in the information war but also regular citizens who fight at their own discretion ukraine's deputy defense minister anna maliar said in february information and psychological operations are intended to brainwash people and shape a public opinion and they are among Kiev's most important strategies in the conflict with russia in combat conditions these operations are primarily aimed at demoralizing disorganized enemies front and rear and inspiring hopelessness in the atmosphere. That ain't happening in Russia. Usually, their main task is to discredit the military and political command and highlight the intent. December of 2019, a network of IPSO centers with access to inter internal and external mass media and internet resources are what's deployed in Ukraine. They have few information and psychological operations fall under the jurisdiction of special operation forces. This means that their work and personnel are kept top secret. However, some information has recently been revealed. At the state level, the coordination and general management of cybersecurity and information operations is carried out by National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine, NSDC. The National Cybersecurity Coordination Center of Ukraine was established in June 2016 as a working body of the NSDC. 
The outfit includes the heads of 10 government departments, such as the Security Service of Ukraine, the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine, and the main directorate of intelligence. Cyber operations and information campaigns are directly implemented by the special IPSO centers, which are part of the special operations forces of the AFU. Currently, there are four such centers, the 16th Center Military Unit A1182, Geneva, Zamitha Region, and 72nd Center Military A4398, Robbery in Key Region, the 74th Center Military Unit A1277, Lviv and the 3rd Center Military Unit A2455 Odessa. In addition to the counterintelligence activities, they organize propaganda campaigns on the internet and television to create and publish fake information and together with the SBU coordinate the activities of hacker groups, volunteer information communities, and other internet resources before active hostilities. The centers were estimated to employ around 500 to 550 people, while some sources claim they had over a thousand. These units act independently and collaborate with similar foreign structures. Foreign centers and information troops give them access to large commercial resources. Activists and celebrities are also involved in the process. Since February 24, we have we have all become soldiers on the information front, said Vadimin Mizishki, program director of the tech media. You can read the rest on your own, okay? This is insane stuff, man. Insane. These tactics are very much like Adolf Hitler would pull. It's kind of dissonance in the highest degree. Sad. Really sad. Well, unless he has him at gunpoint, what could you do? All right. What, what are you going to do? You're stuck in Kiev. I mean, you're stuck in Ukraine. You speak out, you tell the truth, you're in trouble. Pretty much. Let's talk about the migrant crisis. What does Tyson Fury have to say about it? Fair use. Let's face it. We're in thousands and thousands of immigrants here. Um, daily. I'm not even from here, born here. But yet we've got our own people dying on the streets, homeless. Who can't get anything, they can't get no money, they can't get help. You know, what's going on? What's going on, Great Britain? It's all in the name, Great Britain. Come on. It's not so great, is it, when we're uh, letting our fellow brothers and sisters die on the streets who've been born and bred here, but then we let 50,000 immigrants in from wherever they're from, crying poverty, and then they're going to blow us up. So, it is what it is. We're pretty fucked up at the moment. And I, I'm bigger and brave enough to say how it is. I will say how it is. He's telling the truth. Okay. I mean, look at the stuff that Britain goes through. Look at the stuff that Sweden goes through with having illegal immigrants over there. The, uh, the great gangs, uh, the no-go zones. Aesop Rocky went over there and he was he was defending himself against two immigrants. He got put in a Swedish jail. 
took Trump to get him out. All right. Some people will get mad. I could say that, look, if you're a person that is for illegal immigration, I think you have a head problem, okay? I think you have a really bad mental health problem because illegal immigrants, you don't know what they have disease-wise. You don't know if they got a criminal record. You don't even know if they belong to a criminal organization. Okay? And this is something that is a problem. People will get mad. People will get uh, offended. For what? Oh, until what? Something happens to you? Now what are you going to do about it? That's how it is. That's how many of these uh, these liberals that are about it. Okay? They're pretty much for, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with illegal migrants here until something happens to them at the hands of these illegal migrants. Okay, that's how it goes. And unfortunately, that's that's how it is. That is how it is. Now, let's get into this right here. Second. All right. Story of Julius Malima. And talks about why South Africa should support weapons to Russia. Fair use, by the way. South Africa right now calls itself non-aligned in the context of the war. But these are two different things. South Africa is an ally of Russia. Now, the second question is, where does South Africa stand on the war? It says I'm a non-aligned in relation to war, but Russia remains South Africa's friend. So we cannot create confusion around there. Don't create an impression that it is Malema who's going to come and create an alliance. With Russia. But there are some very specific Actually, I will, if, if go, I may I will so. go beyond that. I will go beyond the, the friendship with Russia. And in the war, I will align with Russia and I will even supply the weapons to Russia. Because Russia is in a war with, with imperialism. And any agenda that seeks to push back uh, imperialist agendas is well within the policies of the EFF. South Africa. I'm telling you right now, stop, 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 put it in Since the war began, the Biden administration and the U.S. Congress have directed more than $75 billion in assistance to Ukraine. That money could be used in America, reparations especially. Yes, 
yes, I agree. I definitely agree. But they are trying to possibly make this country bankrupt. Putting all that money in there to a white supremacist nation. And it's not just the Democrats. It's the Republicans, too. Republicans and Democrats. This is a joint operation since 2014. 2014. Both sides have been doing this. And they don't care about reparations for blacks. They'll give it to anybody else. Alphabet, anybody else. But this Ukraine war, they trying to make some money off of this. Okay. Because you got bioweapons in Ukraine. So they have a lot on, on the line with this. I would arm Russia since it's fighting imperialism on Lima. Okay. The outspoken opposition leader said he would go beyond his country's friendship with Russia and supply Moscow with weapons as the country is advancing an agenda that is aligned with EFF's policy. He said South Africa's non-aligned status in relation to the war would not stop him from advancing an ideology that is that his party believes in. Leader of South, leader of South Africa's economic freedom fighters, party, Julius Malima, says he would unapologetically supply arms to Russia if he were in a position because President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine is a war against imperialism. In an interview with BBC's Hard Talk, the outspoken opposition leader said he would go beyond his country's friendship with Russia and supply Moscow with weapons as the country is advancing on an agenda that is aligned with the EFF's policy. He said South Africa's non-aligned status in relation to the war would not stop him from advancing the ideology that is what he believes in. The second question is, where does South Africa stand on the war? It says, I'm not aligned in relation to the war, but Russia remains South Africa's friend. We cannot create confusion around that, he said. Malima said in a bid to assist Russia in an impression to not be created to imply that he would be the one initiating an alliance with Russia in the context of war. Actually, I will go beyond the friendship with Russia in the war line with Russia and I would supply the weapons to Russia because Russia's at war with imperialism. South Africa has closed diplomatic ties with Russia in spite of Western condemnations. In March, the EFF came to defense of President Vladimir Putin following an arrest warrant issued by the International Criminal Court. Alima on March 24th said Putin was welcome to visit Piotr despite the arrest warrant as no one would arrest him while on South African soil. Putin is welcome here. No one is going to arrest Putin. If need be, we go and fetch Putin from the airport to his meetings. We will address, finish all his meetings, and we will take him back to the airport, Malima said. Russia invaded the Ukraine on February 24, 2022, and what Putin said was to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine and not occupy by force. One year later, the invasion has resulted in tens of thousands of deaths on both sides and displaced millions instigating Europe's large refugee crisis since World War II. Ukraine has received military backing from major superpowers including the U.S. and Germany and managed to push back the Russian incursion, but Putin's forces have continued to bombard the former USSR partner with both ground and air assault. You know, Putin has, you know, has a past... But I'll be honest, I'm not siding with neo-Nazis. I'm not doing that to myself. 
I'm not going to do that because they're coming over here and they're bringing their Nazi beliefs to America. There have been rumors of Ukrainian refugees, um, racial slurs to blacks in Texas. There's a lot coming down the pipe, people. And they're not taking it seriously at all. White supremacy is real. And too many times our blacks are not uh, waking up to it. All right? Because these Ukrainian refugees, some of them are Nazis. They're going to get citizenship. They're going to start joining the police department. They're going to start being lawyers. They're going to be judges. They're going to start being politicians, just like the neo-Nazis before them. We didn't win that world war, okay? Because the U.S. took Nazis and brought them over here with a NASA space program. Guess what? Those Nazis had families. Continue that hate all the way through. That's what's been going on. Okay. Now we're going to get into a story about the Romanian um, ambassador, envoy, and how he got sent home packing by the government of Kenya. This is how it all went down. Fair use, by the way. to Kenya after he allegedly made racist and derogatory remarks at a UN building in Kenya's capital Nairobi on the 26th of April. The Romanian foreign ministry said it had only been informed of the incident this week and began a procedure to recall its ambassador. The ambassador to Kenya, Dragos Viratel Tiagu, was at a UN building in Kenya's capital on the 26th of April when a monkey appeared at the window of the conference room. According to reports, Tiago had said that the African group has joined us when he saw a monkey outside the window. The Kenyan diplomat, Macharia Kamu, had said that the episode appalled and disgusted him. He wrote on Twitter, and I quote, utter shame attempts to cover up this disgrace this is intolerable and unacceptable in any age, let alone the 21st century in Nairobi. The Romanian Foreign Ministry said it had only been informed of the incident this week and has begun a procedure to recall its ambassador. They apologized for the incident and said the racist behavior or comments were absolutely unacceptable. Now, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. That's how you do it. That's how you handle white supremacy. Okay? That is how you deal with it. He called, can, he called blacks monkeys. Uh, all right? We calling us monkeys? We're going to send you back. That's what happened. He got sent back. All right? Here's another way how you uh, handle racism. 
here's how China deals with it. Fair use. Chinese men told white tourists to not be rexed. You need to apologize to me, to them. You were saying, get the fuck off my way. You were saying that. You were racist. This is China. Apologize to them. Apologize to me. I'm sorry, but I don't remember saying it. I don't care. You don't remember, I remember. Say it. Say sorry to them. I'm sorry. If I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Sorry to me. Yes, I'm sorry to you. This is China. Don't do rude. I don't care what color you are. This is China. We don't give shit to anybody. That's how you do it. That is how you do it. Yeah, yeah. They got. They got. It's like Tel Aviv down there. That's how they got it in Ukraine. There's a lot going on in Ukraine. Okay, bathing in blood, mm-hmm. a whole lot. They ain't showing they that these are not victims. Okay, it's a lot of wild stuff that go on in Ukraine that they don't talk about. Stuff that make you like, are we, we defending these people? Are we seriously defending these people? Okay. Let me get into this article right here. And this is what he said. This is what the Roman ambas- Romanian ambassador said. We got this load. Okay, good. Here we go. Here we go. Romania recalls ambassador who allegedly compared a monkey to African diplomats. UN's African group not prepared to participate with Drago's viral trigger after alleged comment in Kenya. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. And, you know, Africa has had a very bad reputation of just sucking up to Western powers, Western European powers, letting them uh, puppet your black leaders in the in these uh, African nations. And then when you try, as an African, to try and bring actual, genuine rule that benefits your people you get assassinated this is how you nip this disrespect before it gets to that point the Africa group within the United Nations said it would never work again with Romanian ambassador to Kenya in certain forms after he allegedly compared them to monkeys while attending meeting in Nairobi the group also demanded an unconditional and a public apology to the people of Africa Drago's viral tagu was at the weekend recalled by the Romanian foreign minister after complaints that followed a meeting at the UN building in Kenya's capital on the 26th of April when a monkey compare, appeared at the window of the conference room. The African group has joined us, Terry allegedly said, according to a note from a South Southernese embassy in Kenya. The Romanian foreign ministry said at the weekend it had only been informed of the incident this week and began to pres- a procedure to recall its ambassador. We deeply regret the situation and offer our apologies to all those who have been affected. It added, saying racist behavior or comments were absolutely unacceptable. You know, I just wonder why you couldn't admit that. Why the radio, the uh, the news broadcast couldn't admit what the Romanian ambassador said. 
The ambassador of South Sudan to Kenya, Klo Anjo, as the acting dean of the African Group, wrote to the director general of the United Nations office on 31st of May, expressing his anger, shock, and disgust at what he called the ambassador's disparaging and utterly unacceptable remarks. He also demanded a clear public personal apology by the ambassador, and he warned in the absence of the necessary apology. Apology, the African group would walk out of any event at which Drago attended. The letter, the letter said it was not prepared to participate in the same spaces as the ambassador on matters relating to environmental protection, UN habitat. He said the meeting had been convened by Tagu for the Eastern European States Regional Group. One of the delegates reprimanded Tago at the time of the alleged remark and demanded he retracted and apologized. Joe pointed out UN regulations required staff to uphold acceptable standards, including non-discrimination, including by exhibiting respect for all cultures. The ambassador's remarks were in clear disregard of the ESOS and dignity of humanity, as well as the benefit that status expected of a diplomat, he said. That Chinese man told him? Yes. Yes. All right. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, on to the last story. Yeah, here we are. Boy 11 dies after NY bound flight makes emergency landing in Budapest. 11 year old boy on board a flight to New York City died after his plane made emergency landing in Budapest Sunday morning. Flight TK003 to JFK Airport took off from Istanbul, Turkey at 8.56 local time before quickly diverting to Hungary after a young boy lost consciousness. Budapest International Airport officials said in a statement. Officials said the plane conducted an emergency landing in Budapest at around 10.30 a.m., where an ambulance was on hand to transport the boy and his family to the hospital. Airport Medical Service, AMS, medical service operating at Frenick Litz International Airport, was alerted to the aircraft continued to resuscitate the child, a spokesperson from the airport said. Despite the rapid and professional intervention, unfortunately, his life could not be saved. The aircraft continued to journey to its original destination. Good grief. Officials have yet to announce the cause of death of the child. It remains unknown if the boy was American. Turkish Airlines did not immediately respond to the post-request comment. See what these comments say. Local news say she was an 11-year-old from the European country of Georgia. She was paralyzed from birth. Soon after taking off, she developed hypoxia. Doctor on board worked hard to resuscitate. The ambulance waited for her at the airport. She gained the family to the hospital. Tragic. But it said it was a 11-year-old boy. What's going on here? What's going on here? I like to know. 
Modern Western Airlines won't let seriously ill travelers fly without a doctor's certificate, basically saying you will survive the flight and can't evacuate in case of emergency. We see stories constantly regarding the issue being unfit to fly. There appears to be their judgment here. By the parents and airline, no mention is made of the reason for the flight. And ultimately, the boy paid the price. Perhaps actual regulations with teeth could be written. But it's a touchy subject. I don't know if they're telling the truth here. That's what I like to say. I don't. I don't know if they're telling the truth. But that's all I got for now. Let me know what you think in the comments. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Later.